Praise God that we have a living hope. It is a joy. Let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, this place where we can worship together. We can seek you. We can learn from you. I pray that you would be speaking to our hearts. Open our minds, our, our ears to hear you and your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Feel free to have a chair, get comfortable. Happy 4th of July weekend. When you think back on the Founding Fathers, what do you think was going through their mind if they could see everything as it is now? I am sure they would be shocked in a good number of ways. There's been so many changes. Think about 246 years, changes that have taken place. Uh, I wonder if they'd be surprised that it has lasted 246 years through all of the changes that have taken place. I wonder if they are pleased with the people that we are electing. I wonder if they are uh, questioning the decisions or the words that they wrote, how they framed the Constitution. You know, they took a risk. They didn't know what was going to happen in the future, how that would all lay out. They took a risk of self-government, allowing the common people to decide their own future. What a crazy adventure. I wonder if they regret, or maybe we think back and we go, oh, that wasn't such a good idea. We should have had a dictator instead. No. Benjamin Franklin said, it's a republic if you can keep it. They didn't know what would become of what they started. And so it is with us in our lives. There's so many things that we do not know how they will turn out after we have begun down a course, a path. Last week we looked at things that we can know. We talked about uh, the certainty that we can have because we know who is coming We can know that Jesus is coming. We know that God's in charge. We know that we're a mess and that we need the gospel. That's the very short summary of last week. This week we're going to look at what we don't know. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't know. Um, The Internet. Have you ever stopped to ponder the amount of information that you can have at the access of your fingertips from one end of the world to the other And all of it passing back and forth by just little ones and zeros in a line. Or what about the cell phone and all the different various apps and things that you can use that for, or a car, the complexity of that. How about our solar system, the sun? How much of that do we really understand? Or the gravity or the universe? We're still trying to comprehend the amount of galaxies that there are in our universe. Or the cell in your body with the complexity of a large city. Or the neurons in your brain that allow you to think and feel and reason and ponder who is God. All of this operating without your knowledge. Maybe you can just take a big deep breath right now and say, I don't have to know everything. Right? Maybe you want to admit that to your family, and maybe not. You would pretend that you still do know everything. 
Uh, it is good to relax and trust God with the things that we do not know. Job was wrestling with that process. Job was tormented a bit, uh, he, he, discouraged at the very least, with all of the events that took place in his early part of his life there. And he pleaded, he longed for an audience with God. And so then he gets one in Job chapter 38. And for four chapters, God describes to him the things that he does not understand. And at the end of it, Job says, I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke with words without knowledge. There's a lot of things that we don't understand. Things that we wish we maybe could. End times are one of those. And that's our, we're in the second sermon of the series on this, on the, this two-part series. And the point is that you can trust God with your unknown, uncertain future. You can trust God with your unknown, uncertain future. We're going to look at Matthew 24, 36 to 51, 47, excuse me, 36 Matthew 24, 36 is where we start. So be reading in Jesus' name. But concerning the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father alone. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be grinding in the field, one taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken the other one left. Therefore, stay awake. It's encouragement for you here as you're in this service. Do, you do not know on what day the Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake, would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all of his possessions. So curiosity is good. We, it's a part of who we are created to be. We have an interest in learning and gaining and, and growing and understanding. But sometimes we can become so uh, myopic, so focused that we do not see the bigger picture of what is going on. And so let's look at some of the things that we don't know, and we can trust God with those. First of all, we don't know the hour, the day or the hour of his return. It's repeated three times in this text. And so maybe there's an important point there, huh? Verse 36, concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels, the Son, or, but the Father only. Verse 42, stay awake. You don't know what the day your Lord is coming, on what day your Lord is coming. 
Verse 44, you must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You know, I guess there doesn't leave a lot of gray area there, does it? It is pretty clear you're not going to know. That's okay. You can trust God with things that you don't understand. Instead of focusing on the when, as if we can put it in the planner and make sure that we're ready, <laughs> think about the, the guest who is coming to visit your house and you get all the details ready, everything is ready, and they don't show up. And you call them and you say, they said, oh, it's tomorrow. Oh, well, somebody was wrong, but... We try to coordinate every detail like that when the point here, Jesus is coming, the point is you need to be aware, be ready, and be alert. So be aware. Verse 39. There were some who did not realize, many that did not realize that the flood was coming. And it says, so will be the Son of Man, the coming of the Son of Man. And it is so for us, there are people who do not know that Jesus is coming again. If you talk to them about it, they will think you're crazy. There's other people who are so focused on Jesus' second coming that it's hard for them to have a conversation about the general world topics without seeing the coming of Jesus in all of them. The point is, to trust God in the things that are unknown and uncertain. And that the coming of Christ is to cause in us an urgency, a desire for that relationship, a longing to know Him more personally, deeper. You know, the second point here is that uh, we're, it says to be aware, but then also to stay awake. It's not a coffee advertisement, nothing about that. It's not about personal, or not about physical alertness, it's about spiritual alertness. And there's people who are listening to the sermon here today who are sleeping spiritually. Their relationship with God has grown cold. The relationship with Jesus is dull. Their faith has become lazy and complacent. Devotions, non-existent. God is not boring. He is an exciting, vibrant God. And if you're longing for knowing Him, He's going to bring you on a roller coaster that you can hardly imagine. Where are you at in your walk with the Lord? Are you awake? Is it exciting and vibrant? He desires it to be that way, and it can be. It's a call to wake up. Trust God with the uncertain unknown. Third is to be ready. Verse 44, be ready. It's not a prepper topic. It's not about hoarding food or collecting ammunition. At the heart of being ready is knowing Jesus. Being in that close personal walk with him. Trusting in what he has done as opposed to what we do. Right now we're in the state of waiting. How long? 
Don't know. Just be patient. Just be alert. Just be aware. And trust that God is in charge. Things that we can't see or understand or control. Second, what is another thing we don't know? We don't know the number of our days. Verse 38 describes that flood. Eating and drinking, marrying, eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the, the day when Noah entered the ark and they were unaware until the sw- flood came and swept them all away. We don't know how many days we have in this body. We know it's temporary. How many of you have had someone close to you die in this past year? Yeah, there was a few more in the first service. Might be saying something about the first service, I guess. Uh, comment that I hear when I hear when I talk with people or work with people that have gone through that is the death was surprising, it came quickly, even after a long illness. It was unexpected. It's so final. And this scripture talks about the surprise as well. It says, two men grinding, or two men working in the field. One is taken, one is gone. Well, two men, women grinding, and one is taken, one is left. It's not a surprise. This week, there was a surprise. A man from my youth group, that was a few years ago, uh, Tyler King, was in our youth group in Shakopee, Minnesota. He was here visiting... Uh, he was here participating in his uh, sister-in-law's wedding. He is uh, the son of Bob and Pauline King, for those who might have known Bob and Pauline from years past here. And he was escorting a woman back to her car so that she would be safe, and he got hit in the face by a stray bullet. He's uh, still in critical condition at uh, HMC. And so we don't know what one day to the next is going to be. We continue to pray for Tyler. There's been some uh, improvement, but it's a long road ahead. Uh, So we we pray for Tyler. This last year, our family had two scares of death. Uh, I've mentioned them before, but our daughter-in-law, Emily, and... uh, high blood pressure and uh, low potassium. and They had the paddles out three times to resuscitate her. Didn't have to use them. Now she's doing well. You don't have to be concerned about that, but you don't know. Our son Andrew, you saw down the video. He was in Tanzania and ended up with five different things all combating his body at the same time. And, and so he calls in the middle of the night, Dad, I might not make it. And at that moment, your uh, prayer becomes pretty intense. Uh, He says, after the fact, I will no longer feel sorrow for somebody who dies in in Jesus because it's like being welcomed home. That was what he remembered from that time. We don't know our days. But we can trust God within our unknown, uncertain future. Because eternity looks different from his perspective. 
We see things from this earthly point of view, but from his perspective, we're never out of his hands. He is always in control. It looks like emptiness or goodbye or finality when we see it from our side. But from, for a believer in Christ, it's like a welcome home. It is well done, good and faithful servant. Third thing we don't know. We don't know the fruit of our labors. Verse 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give him their food at the proper time? We are a church. Our purpose is to work hard to expand the kingdom, to grow, to let people know about Jesus. That is our mission. The core at the heart of everything is to help people say yes to Jesus. So how do you know if you're successful at that? Do you measure church attendance? Is it the number of Bible studies that you have? Is it the topics that you cover? Is it the depth of which you go to? The, the spiritual maturity? All of that would be under the category of measuring fruitfulness. But then what do you do about your uh, Ezekiel or Jeremiah? They didn't see a lot of fruitfulness in their ministry. It was plagued with hardship and a hard people who were not listening. The other way to measure success is through faithfulness. And this text describes who then is the wise and faithful servant. A church might look good, and they might be empty on the inside. Or they might be struggling with the size, but they are filled and overflowing with the fruitfulness. But the question is, are the people faithful? This text here talks about Noah. And so Noah, he is faithful for 600 years. It is 600 years before the flood came. And somewhere in there, he started building the ark because God asked him to. You know, take on an 80-year project of building a large boat like that. People mocking you, wondering, what in the world are you doing? And, and your life and your work are both a testimony to the people to return to God. Why are you building this boat? Bill, there's going to be a flood. You're crazy. No, return to God. What was the result? Eight people. Noah, his three boys, his wife, and their wives. We don't know. We can't measure the fruitfulness of our ministry. It's not our job. It's the Holy Spirit's work to, put that, to work inside of the lives of people. And our job is to be faithful in what God has tasked us to do. Fourth, thing, the last thing we don't know is the blessings of God. Verse 46, blessed is the servant whom the master will find doing so, so doing when he comes. Truly, I say he will set him over all of his possessions. Jesus is using this 
parable, this example as, G, as God being the master who is gone, or even himself being gone, and we are the servants. And then it says, I'm going to put the servant over all of the possessions. Can you imagine the blessings of God? The greatness of what God pours out without desiring or without deserving anything. Why would God trust us with his possessions? Why would he bless a servant who is just doing his job? Or make it more personal. Why would Jesus come and take our place? Why would he forgive us of our sins? Why would he cleanse us from within? Why would he welcome us into his family? Why would he promise us a a home in heaven? Why would he come to get us again to bring him to be with himself? No, we we can't understand the blessings of God. But we can come together and worship him. And we can participate in this holy supper, this holy communion. What a privilege, what a blessing God gives to us in that. A supper that he has instituted for the forgiveness of our sin. How great God's blessings. We don't deserve any of it. And yet, when we look into God's loving eyes, into his heart, the questions that we have about the future seem like they fade in importance because he's there. He's already there ahead of us. Today we're invited to participate in something unique because there's freedom that we receive in Christ. But the fact that we come and receive this these elements is also a declaration of dependence where we are admitting that I need the forgiveness of God. I need the forgiveness of Christ. And that you can trust him with your unknown, uncertain future. I don't know where you're at today. Those of you that are here, those that are online, Do you need Jesus? Do you need him again today? Do you need to remind yourself? Do you need to wake up in that relationship with him? Today's the day to be able to say yes to that. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for who you are, and we know that there's things we wish we could understand, and we don't times of when you're coming and all of that but what we do know is enough we do know that you are good that you are loving and you long for us to be in a relationship with you Lord we give over to you the days of our lives the fruit of our labor And we marvel at the blessings that you offer to us. Father, I know that there 
are some listening that they need to trust you with the unknown and uncertain. Maybe it's a daily thing for some of us just to turn over those concerns, those worries, those the uncertainties and frailty of our lives. Take our hearts. Listen to those quiet prayers. And thank you for the invitation to come and be a part of your family. In your name we pray. Amen.